0: thanks for being here in class Um, this is the final presentation um, in the shiva sutras but of course the shiva sutras aren't truly over um, because i feel like the whole point oh by the way uh, we've been doing this for almost four years it took us almost four years to go through the shiva sutras can we all give ourselves a round of applause it's pretty cool four years that's like an undergrad it's pretty cool you know, and um, so, yeah, you know, maybe you've been there for a lot of the four years. Maybe you've only been there for, like here. Colin was just saying, four weeks. But um, the idea is that as a sangha, we have taken the kind of time that a text like this requires and deserves. And as a sangha, we've um, sort of, I, I want to say, like digested it. You know, we've brought it into our sort of chemistry Together and it's a part of our practice and it's a part of what we can sort of use to recall our true nature. Um, the practice of philosophy is going to continue, of course. This class is going to continue, like without skipping a beat. In fact, we're going to have another class where we just talk about this sutra, just like we always do. So the sutras aren't, Shiva sutras aren't quite ending tonight as it is anyway. But we're going to be going on to the by Rava next, looking for people. Okay, I see a thumbs up. Okay. A couple nods. Cool. I'm really excited. The Bigana has really been coming. I, I had a lot of, and I'm not going to say resistance to leaving the Shiva sutures, but when you're doing something for four years, I mean, you just, there's a, there's a level of familiarity, you know, that it's hard to totally let go of. And um, I was like, Oh, maybe we should just do them again. Um, and then I was like, ah, I'm probably good if we took a little break. Um, and the bigana Yana just sort of kept coming kept coming to me, kept coming for, for this training or for this purpose or for this meditation class. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, for the last few months, it's just been coming to me in the form of like, I need to use this for this requirement. And so I asked, you know, Babaji and he said, of course, it sounds like a great, uh, a great next place to go for it. So, um, so that's where we're going to go. It's going to be similar uh, in the sense of, presentations, discussions, and I do hope to always continue to grow the, the program and to allow it to adapt. Um, right. and, um, and as far as the texts themselves, we're going to I'm going to be providing a PDF of all the texts that you need to study this with us, because uh, there'll be three different texts informing our work: Jai Deva Singh, Lakshmanju, and of course, Paul Reps. Um, so I've actually found PDFs of all of them, so we're sort of good to go. Um, and so i'll I'll figure out how to how to sort of hand that off to everyone when the time comes. But we still have some work to do tonight with the sutras, and I'm very excited about the sutra. Um, tonight's sutra is all about uh, recalling or remembering our true nature and how uh, how unique the the process is, and how it's no coincidence that you your mind drifts, and then you come back to your mantra that that's actually exactly how we're supposed to do it. And that's the the practice that brings us uh, the most growth. So um, sort of, a, it's a, it's really interesting that it's the last sutra because nowhere in the sutra does it say like, it doesn't feel like the final episode of like a show where like all the old sutras come out and they're like, you know, uh, wrapping up loose ends of any kind. It's just like, Another sutra, and then it's over. So I thought that was sort of honest and like a French film. Yeah, like a French. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and also I just feel like the the sutras are such a raw, organic substance that it's not it's not really you know meant to be this thing that ever really ends. I feel like we're going to go back through the sutras. We're going to be re-referencing them. So in a way, it's really just the beginning of using them more in our life. So I'm going to bring up the last sutra on the screen. If anybody remembers it, great. I don't expect you necessarily to, but let's let's take a look at that sutra. Let's see what that looks like. Oh right. It was a it was a real mouthful. So here we go. Let's give it a shot. Nasi kantar madya samyamat kimacha savya. Pasavya sausum neshu. One more time, if you didn't try that first time, here we go. Nasi kantar madya samyamat kemacha savya pasavya sausum Nesu. In all the paths, left, right, and middle, there is prana shakti. By the constant practice of bringing one's awareness to this inner state of prana shakti, there abides the awareness of that central reality. Under all circumstances and in all conditions, and so what we saw in this sutra was the likening of our own psychic nervous system, the nadis, which are these veins that carry spiritual energy um, through us, and there's seventy two thousand of them um running through us, enervating, so to speak our 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 spiritual capacity. um it's like a very much like our nervous system um, and that because they all emanate from the center of us, no matter which naughty your energy might be going towards, or no matter where you might find yourself in your karmic arena, so to speak, you're never, quote unquote, far from center, or you're never really truly away from center. Because everything in you is fueled by your center. And so for this, we sort of rocked in our seat a little bit. And you just take a moment. This is actually from the Big Yana Bhairava and a centering practice. And so as you rock a little bit, you notice you go left, you go right, you go back, you go forward. But there's this imaginary center or this invisible center around which you are rocking. You know, you can never really point to it. You can't really grasp it. But if you let yourself rock a little less and a little less, and a little less, you can
1: arrive at center.
0: And that, that central point is actually a space that you really have to practice to find and practice to hold. And as the sutra went on to say later, when you move from your center, it is this center that, that makes us supple. It is the center that makes us sort of lively. And when we're not centered, it said, we're sort of like stiff, like a board. You know, our limbs are literally stiff when we lose this prana shakti, when we lose our uh, relationship to center. And so maybe you feel that way, you know, when you're centered, how skillfully you move through your life, how you can move through conversations with creating less tension, perhaps. And when you're off center, how that, uh, you know, that table corner seems to find your toe you know, that kind of thing, figuratively and literally. So let's sit with that, you know, write for a minute or two, just give it its due process and see if anyone wants to share. And so we'll just take uh, the standard two minutes to pre-write about what it means to you to be centered. How do you find your center? I don't know if you want this. I just happen to have it. How do you find your center? How do you hold your center? What does it mean for you to be centered?
1: So it's in your core.
0: So, just wrapping up your thoughts, taking a moment to read back through what you wrote, which is important, and underlining a
2: keyword or phrase from what you wrote.
0: For the sake of time, um, I'd love to just get if you have a if you have something you like to share, just go ahead and raise your hand and let's just jump right into it.
1: Yogita, fun. Let's hear from you. I was going to say. Whoops, you remuted. Try
0: one more time. Okay. It's when I'm centered inside, it's like I'm in a different dimension. And I had a lot
3: of experience with this. I just got back from a family reunion, and there was just all kinds of dramas going on and everything. But I felt
0: like I was seated inside myself, looking at all these movies and stuff.
3: And, and it's just a, an openness. And all the garbage was going in and being surrendered.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, you're right. That centered space, it's really, uh, when you said different dimension, that really struck me, you know, how this inward space, um, it doesn't lack any of our awareness of what's going on outside of us. But it feels like we're viewing it from almost Mm -hmm. like a parallel reality where all the information's there, you know, we can act. And, and, and do whatever we need to do, but it does feel like you're right. It doesn't quite land on you the same way that you're able to actually navigate it like so differently, a different dimension that really struck me. Cool, and then I'd seeing some comments or keywords and phrases coming in on the chat window. Feel free to do that. Focus on what you're doing. Can't hold on to
1: center, only right and left.
2: Mm.
0: I would imagine as a dancer, Dr. Johnny has a lot of experience with, with you know retaining that center. I know that the more, the further along you get in ballet, for example, uh, the more you're expected to be able to do those. Is it a pirouette without necessarily having to have that focal point? You know, being able to to move and spin. Uh, With your internal center, you know, I would assume that that comes up a lot as the dance routines get more and more complex. So you can't always have this, like, perfect focal point that
1: you're expected to move while being centered. Gravity. Non-attachment, stillness.
0: So we ate up a little bit of time with the explanation of what's next, uh, which, so be it, right? Needed to happen. It would have been, you know, had to happen sometime. Um, so, final thoughts and comments, anyone? I' pretty sure I saw a hand there. Bob, go for it.
3: Yeah, I I first wrote down silent, but then I started feeling, and you know, it's not always silent. Uh, it's uh there are times when it just feels like buzzing bees or mm. or a, a storm or something uh, there's it's i thought of putting it down as the the center is silent but it, uh i don't think that's true i think it's it can be very uh energetic and sometimes it feels like uh uh gosh many different things like i said sometimes it feels like a thunderstorm sometimes it feels like a rushing river and other times it is very very quiet but um it's always a joy to experience that's for sure
0: thanks bob i I feel like you bring up a really good point that it's important that we where that the whole concept of center the whole idea of the sutra saying whether it's the left or the right it's all coming from the center is trying to communicate to us that you know and it says under all circumstances and in all conditions meaning the this center place in us um can't exist and should exist in every single scenario we find ourselves and so for us to associate it with like you know just peacefulness or just this like one quality is it's very insightful and i think that's because you're a practitioner that you could see that that you could not just identify with like oh what i want center to be like but rather what center actually is like so thanks for bringing that to our attention Excellent. Yeah, I wish you had more time, but then, you know, people would be like, oh, class is too long. Um, so we're going to keep things moving. Um, thank you all for your comments. And let's look at our next sutra so we can give it its due time. Oh, wait, before we do that, a little bit of tension release just to clear the slate. There's already been a lot of talking and input, you know, in this class. So feel free to just jump right into your practice. I'll always lead a little bit in case there's anybody you know new in the room or benefit from a little description. You can start by swallowing to clear the throat passage and really slow down your inhale, visualizing it coming in through the third eye, down the throat to the heart. Take your time with that. Let the inhale as well as your attention pool in the heart as you hold the breath for a few moments without any strain whatsoever. The very natural feeling of just pausing, accumulating. And as you exhale, picture that smoky or ashy substance pouring out of the heart, down the arms and out the hands with a slow exhale. Again, very natural, but slower than normal.
1: Take your time with it,
0: a slow inhale, pause, and exhale, and bringing in something really fresh, pausing in the heart, let it cleanse you, and as you exhale, let the ashy substance go out of the arms,
2: down out of the hands.
1: After your next exhale, just flick out the fingertips, wipe off the
2: arms. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's start by pronouncing the next sutra, and then we'll jump into the commentary and interpretation.
0: Buya, s- s- syat prati milanam. Buya, syat prati milanam. Buya, swat prati milanam. This yogi simultaneously and repeatedly experiences the revealing state and the concealing state of the objective world. okay have you ever walked into a room and then ask yourself why did i walk into this room what was i coming in here for can i get a raise of hands just so we all in the same boat here cool okay when that moment occurs it's you're like i don't even know how to recall what i was looking for right you're just like standing there like what was i in here for and it's a really interesting moment where you you sort of realize that you you forgot something, and you're in that that interesting space of like awareness, but with no object per se to recall it. This sutra it teaches that this is what's happening to us with our true nature all the time. We walk into a room, you walk out of your shrine room, for example, and you're, you totally forget your true nature, you know, as we could become absorbed in whatever activity or, you know, whatever catches our attention. And sometimes when you walk into that room, you don't even know you forgot. That's most of the time, right? And then something might recall it for you, might spark that. And you're like, oh, and then we have this moment when we can redirect our focus inside in that that space that's created to try to remember or recall who we are. And in this interesting way, that's really all our practice is, is remembering and recalling our true nature over and over again in hundreds or thousands or more settings day in and day out. And it's no coincidence. This is not just a coincidence that that's how our practice is set up. According to this sutra, this is very deliberate. This is uh, the idea of maya playing out in our life. The the concept of illusion that is Shiva concealing themselves. See, maya, this illusion that conceals our true nature from us, it's not It's not like just this random thing that occurred. It's actually Shiva's cloaking mechanism. Uh, And that is like the most defining aspect of Shiva is that uh, no one can see through this cloak on a horizontal level. So we're bound to forget our true nature. It's literally built into the fabric of reality. And our practice is that of recalling it each time we forget it. And that is what, according to the very last sentence in the whole Shiva Sutras, that is what uh, defines our state of being. Our ability and our frequency of recalling, remembering our true nature. So we are going to sort of keep playing with this concept. Oh, yeah. Question. Go ahead, Jaya.
3: I just, uh, it's actually just a connection that I made, um, to teaching. Um, so I'm a teacher and, um, when you study how the brain, um, commits things to memory, the most powerful way is by the process of recalling. So when you make your brain remember something and bring it into the forefront, that's what cements the knowledge in there. Mm. And so like, how cool, just that analogy you made is like, that's awesome on this
0: level too. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, I actually prepared a little um, scientific parallel for the work of uh, uh, scientific studies show that how we how we can make uh, how we can improve our long term memory. And um, for example, um, it's said that you have to practice repeated re- repeated recall, which would be like flashcards, right? What's a flashcard? That's a mala. Om Namah Shavaya. Om Namah Shavaya. Literally, the flashcard is a mala. It's like recalling over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, your true nature. Long-term memory um, is also shown to improve if you're able to space out your recall sessions. So do it repeatedly and then take maybe 12 hours off and then do it again. Morning and evening sits. Hello. Science of memory also notes that quizzing oneself, quizzing oneself is critical to improving your long-term memory because it's the only way to expose what you don't remember. Otherwise, you just sort of quietly ignore it. And, and I, I feel like my life is co- giving me a pop quiz every hour. You know, it's like the pop quizzes are when your life forces you to recall your true nature in a moment of tension, drama, or even like during your likes things that you're enjoying. I was also excited to learn um, that the more you pay attention, this is, these are these are facts, these are like studies, each one has been a study. The more you pay attention during the activity you want to remember, the more you will be able to recall it. So if you're really paying attention during your mantra practice, during your evening meditation, during whatever practice you're doing, You're going you're going to recall that true nature off the cushion better. That's just like facts. Interestingly enough, if you're exercising while recalling, now this might not apply to our cushion, but I found this fascinating. Exercising or even any kind of small little bit of movement while you're recalling helps you recall it more. Or while you're learning, I'm sorry. Helps you recall better. What's that called? Y O G A. You know, that's like. That's the, that's on the mat, you know, that's like using your practice on your mat, your, your yoga mat, you know. And finally, it might be good to know that sleep is itself uh, helpful for long-term memory. And I've always, I think that that's a big thing, you know, in our practice too. Why do we live a simple life? you know why do we try to get to bed early you know early to bed early to rise um as a yogi you know and it's because it really does help um, us to recall that true nature and last but not least um coffee was actually shown to help to help store it but not necessarily recall it now that was interesting so take your 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 pick with that one so um thanks jaya for that incredible segue uh, into that little bit of science that I thought paralleled this sutra so well. Um, Let's jump into some of the quotes. Um, Anju, if you're, if you're available, would you read this first one for us? Sure. Can you hear me okay?
3: Excellent. So, Shiva Sutra 3.45 teaches, when the universe has arisen from the state of God consciousness, the yogi experiences the destruction of all differentiated impressions and this whole world enters into his or their own nature traveling towards state of consciousness it is eclipsed nimilana and again repeatedly they feel this universe has emerged from god consciousness afresh this is what the yogi who is established on the supreme path of yoga repeatedly experiences
0: Thanks, Anju. Extra points there because I forgot to replace the pronouns. Thank you so much.
1: Take a moment with that.
0: I had to read that first sentence like seven times. So if you're having any trouble with that, I did too. When this universe has arisen from the state of God consciousness, then the yogi experiences the dissolving or destruction of all difference.
1: So, when your
0: world emerges from your practice, when you go inside and you open up and you're, and you're, it feels as though you're living from the inside out, like Yogisu was describing, I was centered, and my world was different. That you know that is what dissolves all these differences outside of us, um single-handedly But it says that experience is, I love this term is eclipsed it's still there but the world sort of comes in front of this shining sun and it eclipses it it's like oh i see this object this experience you know i see this external reality more we just sort of miss it find that term to be really helpful because you know we're always saying it's in there right and so it gets eclipsed, till we get pulled out. And then we feel, then we do it again. And then we repeatedly feel, oh, the universe is coming from the inside out. And then it happens again that it gets eclipsed. And that this repetitive experience is the path of a yogi. This isn't wrong or this person isn't uh, missing something. This is literally the path we've all taken for
1: millennia. Jatila,
0: could you read this next sutra for us or this next excerpt for us?
1: Just the first half or the both?
0: i just go ahead and go for it. Yeah. The Svachanda Tantra teaches, when fire, which has arisen from wood, has become absolutely pure, filled with glamour and shining with flames, does not again enter into that wood. In the same way, when the self, atma, has separated itself from the differentiated perception of the universe, it does not again get entry into that differentiated universe. Having destroyed the impurities, mala, anavamala, mala, and karma mala, and become absolutely pure, nirmala, then, even though he lives in the world of impurity, mala, he does not become attached to it. Thanks, Shatila So, we have this really cool image, so helping us understand this process. Again, by default, we feel like we've dropped the ball when we forget our practice, and we feel like maybe, oh, i'm I'm uh, not growing. you know, and the sutures are telling us it's it's not the case, you know when you use your practice and you grow that fire that flame that shining light is real it really you really do grow it happens and that flame you know eventually does go out and then we relight it but that flame it's not like the flame goes back into the wood you know the flame existed it happened you grew it's real and so but you just have to do it again that's where that's where we're trying to get to. We don't want to, we're not trying to push, you know, oh, if I could only get that that awareness to go back into where it burned before or or what it helped before. It's like, no, you let it go. It it did its thing, it shone. It was bright and shining. And then you just do it again. And each step is real. And so in this way, we're able to be yogis that are living in the world but not of it. Whereas faith often teaches us. You know, you can be going through a challenge and recall your true nature, uh, as the end says. Even though the yogi lives in the world of impurity, they do not become attached to it. Um, that impurity that she was quoting from the Upanishads recently, you know, is in the eye of the mortal beholder, not necessarily like the sun is itself shining, despite what the the physical eye may see. All right. And there's one more quote from this section, um, which we can end on and then we'll meditate together. Um Dharma, I haven't heard from you in a while. Do you want to read this last one for us? Sure. Sorry, I know the sizing
1: just got weird. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. All right. In this sutra, uh Shiva Sutra 3.45 teaches in this sutra, this word buya repeatedly means they get the consciousness of world in and out again and again. The world appears as if it is risen inside and then it again merges in its own self. And this happens over and over again, not once, not twice, but repeatedly. It is only due to the energy of maya which causes you to be mentally inefficient, that differentiated perception arises. It is because of this, you cannot hold the state of universal consciousness. So practicing in this way, repeatedly taking it out and then bringing it back to your own nature is intended for knowing this very state of being. Thanks, Dharma, for reading the final excerpt from the Shiva Sutras.
0: So practicing this way, repeatedly taking out, bringing it back to your own nature, is intended for knowing this very state of being. This is the intention. This is how we practice. So when you're practicing, put your energy into the persistence to the coming back to your practice that's where the real growth is you know saying the mantra louder breathing more deeply into your heart Baba babaji has been telling this recently that's not where the growth is you you can say it as loud as you want you can breathe as hard as you want it's only going to last one breath instead put your put your energy into the repetition into the repeated practice and you might find that you grow faster, more efficiently, as as Lakshmanju translated it, you know, and that you sort of find, you sort of find that flow, you're sort of, you're finding the flow that it was always meant to be. So we're going to put that into practice. Um, and then I will be completing the pocket sutra for this one and uploading it within the next probably, you know, 24 hours. So hopefully we can put this into practice for the week. You know, really focus on that repetition. Like, what does that mean to you? How does that feel? What happens when you go, when you put your energy in that direction? Does it change how you work? You know, how you breathe? Um, Let's talk about it next week. So, uh, before that, though, let's meditate with this sutra in mind. So, feel free to adjust your seat. All right, so starting, you know, stepping stone, starting with the physical and trying to find, you know, that connection, the sutra. And so, as always, I'm going to cue that little bit of movement, that repetitive, very simple movement
1: that allows you to explore
2: and find your center.
0: And then allow yourself to move a little less and a little less until you feel as though you arrive at center with buoyancy and balance.
2: And the seat itself
0: is something that we've got it now, but two minutes from now, you might need to Sort of recenter. There's nothing we can do in this moment to make it stay this way, except for just do our best to pay attention to the process and to bring that buoyancy to it. But know that there will be a time in the sit when you recall that buoyancy and
2: come back to your physical center.
0: We'll start to gently lengthen the breath flow just a little bit longer than normal. We're really just
1: smoothing out the breath. so there's nothing
0: quite so illustrative of this sutra than the breath, the part of us that is repeating
2: itself endlessly.
1: And
0: so we can use the breath to remember our true nature we can use the breath as a memory tool because the breath will be repeating itself the whole time
1: we sit. So allow your awareness to gently sink towards the heart as you inhale and reside and absorb in the heart as you exhale.
0: How can the breath help you remember your true nature? It will be repeating itself. So how
1: can
2: you use it? Feel the space of the heart.
1: As you exhale, allow that space of the heart to expand in a natural way. Each breath helps you recall your true nature, helps you find your center, helps you find your heart, the present. And of course, a mantra helps the mind. Use the breath to recall our true nature.
0: Hum as you inhale, sa as you exhale is literally the repetition of I am that. I am such I
1: am this true nature. So every time you repeat hum, sa, Feel that redirecting of awareness, that recalling. The mind drifts. This is inevitable. It's how you come back from the drift. Pay attention to how you come back, and you will remain inside longer.
2: Our true nature is filled
1: with
0: bliss. We are literally trying to remember bliss right now. And I know that can be challenging for all of us.
1: But let yourself recall
0: something you feel is happy, something you can relate to, as at least slightly blissful.
1: Imagine like that's going to help you remember where you left these keys to your heart. That's going to be the breadcrumb trail.
2: Remember that our
0: efforts to recall our true nature are not entirely what we're looking for. That these are just ways of directing our awareness. What we're trying to find really does exist in our heart, it's actually there. And so
1: use the tools. Use your natural breath, your mantra, and the heart, but also open up to something even more expansive that might be right there in the room that you're in.
2: Feel this unique effort.
0: the effort of recalling. Not creating your true nature. Not making it
1: appear. Recalling. It's
0: in you. It takes effort to recall. But not Exactly the kind of effort we're used to, a unique quality of
1: effort.
2: And as you allow the eyes to slowly
1: open, the world
0: surrounds you, floods in through the eyes. All these objects, where are my keys? You know, Where is the key to my heart? And so you can feel there is a lot we have
1: to surrender to find this missing key.
0: but it is not only possible it's it's pleasurable you know it feels good to do so i hope over the next week we can all you know utilize these teachings in our personal practice and hopefully to help you on and off the cushion when we meet again uh, discuss what the the quality of this recalling our true nature um, means to you so Thank you all for being here, namaste.